Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hurry into Chemist Warehouse and find Calvin Klein Euphoria for Men 50ml for only $39.99. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. These folks are getting ready to sing. And again, the Nationals down to their last strike. K deals. See you later, ball game. Cubs win 17-3. What a night at the ballpark. Holy cow. Dominic Bird wins the line out. Now it's Kennedy hold initially, but now they go, oh, Moore's looking for a head trick. And there it is, the old black hooker. Suffolk, oh, Moore. Number two, Suffolk, oh, Moore. For the fourth time, the United States of America are crown champions of the world, and for the very first time, they've done it on European soil. It is finished at the Stade de Lyon in the final, in victory and joy for the United States. Yes, good morning, Izzy Kempi for breakfast, SCNZ. Welcome in Thursday, and you know what day that is, lads. You heard the news there from Aroha, the weather update, weather won't dampen everyone's spirits as today is a momentous day in football and particularly in New Zealand as we host the opening game of the Football World Cup. Norway taking on our very own Football Ferns. I am so pumped. It snuck up on us, lads. I know you'll be very excited. Kez, you're going to the game. Ricardo, you going to the game? No, I got band practice tonight, bro. So I'll watch the first half at home and then go to band practice. <laughs> I thought you said you got banned. I was like, already? Already? Yeah, yeah it's, all, it's, it's all like streaking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So you got band practice. That's all right. That's right. We can watch it on, on TV and we can listen to it live here on SENZ as well. So, oh, man, I'm excited for that. And, uh, you yeah, know, seeing how we can go up against the very best on our shores. And uh, apparently it's sold out going to break the record that the Black Ferns set last year for the uh, the Rugby World Cup final. Apparently a big crowd expected 
Take your raincoats. Yeah, and bigger than the crowd. You remember when uh, New Zealand, the All Whites, beat Bahrain and Wellington to qualify for the 2010 yes. World Cup? I think mm. at the moment that holds the record for the biggest crowd for a football match in New Zealand. Well, this will break it. Oh, I remember that. Was it, was it Fallon? Rory Fallon well, got yeah. the header? Rory Fallon got the header. Hey. Yeah, it was fantastic, Oof. wasn't it? Uh, actually, I saw uh, it was, uh, uh, just as an aside, Rory Fallon's now working for the Phoenix in a coaching capacity with the uh, uh, with the academy. And the, he, did, he had a picture with a young kid called Rory, who, uh, guess how old he is, uh, just turned 13, <laughs> I think, and he was named after Rory because he scored that goal and the parents were pregnant at the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, there'll be many parents out there that will be a part of sporty moments that they go on. I was reading the other day some some ladies named all their kids after famous All Blacks and everything. She's a fanatic through and through. But uh, mate, I'm absolutely first for this, Kimpy. This is going to be awesome tonight. Um, we're up against Norway. They got a potent attacking threat, so defensively we've got to be on. But throw the kitchen sink at it. Yeah. Yeah. We played defensively and we focused defensively. It's going to be a tough night. We have to go out there and just try things. Try try things that are, that are going to upset this Norwegian side. Oof, can't come around. Are you not going, Kempi? No, I'm not. I'm, unfortunately, no, I'm not going along. But uh, I've been following it. I was listening to uh, Gianni and Frank. Is it? And Gianni and Fran and Tino yesterday talking about getting uh, New Zealanders. He, he, he pulled out the crowd like the all the media and said where's all the New Zealand media when he was talking yeah. and he said where's the cameras where's the cameras is that you is that you like this and then he's gone hey um, you guys need to come to the game everyone in New Zealand needs to come to the game so mate to, to hear that it's sold out look, I'm back in I'm back in our girls to get a win I know everyone's saying Norway will win it um, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking how often have we seen it set up where we've got our home crowd there and something special happens? And maybe tonight that's one of those nights. So I'm backing the girls. Are we going to get, like, we, we've got to support this this tournament. We're so lucky and we're probably not going to see it again. Well, maybe in, in many years' time we potentially might get an opportunity. But this is a chance to really show our support. And, yes, people are thinking results. You look at the Black Ferns last year. There was a little bit of a hum and hiring of, of whether this team's going to go well. They started going well. They started gaining the support, but that's because they were playing so well. I think this is different, isn't it, Ricardo? Like, for us, our expectations have to be measured. You know, like, we can't expect this team. They're, they're not going to go on and win it. No. Know? Well, they're 20, we 26th in the world, mm. so. Yeah. Yeah, so for us, it's put the results aside. Let's go out there and uh, support uh, our females that, uh, on the world stage up against the very best. And uh, if there was a game down here in Christchurch, I would have gone along and taken my kids to, to have a wee look. Never really watched too much football live. Um, and uh, so I think it would be a hell of an event. So if you're out there and you can, obviously sold out tonight potentially, might break the record. But going forward, let's get right behind the football ferns in the FIFA Football World Cup. Ashes day one, fourth test. As uh, Stumps on day one, Australia a 299 for eight after England won the toss and put Australia into bat. A couple of good starts from Manus Lubbershane, Mitchell Marsh, 51-51. Uh, Warner got a start, 38, and Steve Smith as well, 40-odd. So, uh, yeah, pretty even day one, 299. They'll take that. They'll head to day two, try and get some more uh, runs on the board after England just took the new ball. So you want to catch that? That is live on SENZ tonight at 9pm. But there's some big news around the uh, sporting world 
We've got uh, 11 past 6 this morning, and we've got a big show coming up. Madge McGuire, part of the coaching team at the Canberra Raiders. He'll join us. Marcus Wilhouse, Foxy's coach, will talk the Open. We've got Casey Frank, previews the sales NBL postseason after 8. And Andrew Aris, a Kiwi footballer, making a difference for more than an athlete. It is 12 past 6. Let's rip into it. The following is a triple threat match, and it is for the World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, triple threat indeed. Uh, three big questions to start the show, and uh, Izzy, I thought this was uh, this was real interesting. This is real interesting. Is one that's got uh, world rugby are famous for not always listening. Right, and not always doing maybe what's best for world rugby, but doing what's best for Six Nations rugby. Uh, but it looks like they've actually taken note of what's been happening in Super Rugby, and they are adopting five new laws that Super Rugby introduced this year for this World Cup. I mean, normally they move glacially. How surprised are you they've, they've done this? Oh, love it. It's been spoken about it for for a while. We need to be innovative, we need to be entertaining, and the, the, the pace of play in rugby is an absolute no-no. You look at league, the ball and play is just so much more than rugby. So I, I commend them for listening and, and making a difference. It just depends how much difference it's going to make, particularly at the ruck area. Like This five-second rule at the ruck area has been a part of the game for a very long time. I can't even remember the time our referees pulled it up when the halfback's just mucking around at the back of that ruck, slowly pulling it out with his legs. It's about 10 seconds, and no referees pulled it up. So now that it's at the forefront, we're going to be seeing a lot of uh, opportunities. But then off that, you know, like what happens off that? If they blow a free kick, they're going to go to a scrum, and that's going to take up another couple of minutes for the scrum. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's a juggling act. But the changes are cool. Uh, Ricardo, I'll read a couple of them out. The referee will put a stopwatch shot. Clock on kickers who have 90 seconds to kick conversion from the time a try is awarded from uh, for, and 60 seconds for penalties from the time the referee signals a shot at goal. Match officials will expect lineouts and scrums to be formed with 30 seconds of the respective marks being set and the ball to be used within five seconds of ruck being formed. TMO only interrupt play to investigate serious, clear and obvious incidents of dangerous play and... Uh, sorry... Dangerous play, where are we? Sorry, uh, incidents of dangerous play missed by the match official team. Referees can utilise the TMO to make an official yellow card decision, but in extended, the TMO will have eight, eight minutes to uphold a 10-minute yellow card decision or upgrade to a 20-minute red card. So the TMO is going to have an influence, but probably less. From that, Kempi, is this the changes needed for rugby? They've obviously looked at it as I'm, you know, went through those this morning and gone. We need to try and speed the game up and stop the, I, I, I guess, the amount of stoppages. Um, but you're right, you know, like you you take it away from one um, area and it probably increases in another. If you're penalising them all the time, well, you what do you do from a penalise? You kick the ball out, you go to a line out. I don't I don't see how you form it in five seconds. You know what I mean? I don't like even in rugby league on the weekend. I don't know if you saw it at the Warriors. Um, the referee said oh, they went to challenge for a, a captain's challenge. He said, "Oh, now your ten seconds had passed, mm. mate. It had only been about five seconds." So the referee, what, what I'm saying, the referees actually don't sit there and go, oh, 1001, 1002, You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a yeah. A, they must. What, what's going to be interesting is how they police it. Do they have someone in the air saying, you know? 
Put four, a clock on it. You know, three, two, one. You know, like like Quizzy Dag. Three, two, one. You're out. You know, so more people should listen to Quizzy Dag and, and use some of those rules. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what we've taken out of this. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a tough one, but I like I do like it how they how they're thinking about speeding up the game. That's uh, I think that's what we're getting out of the five cha- uh, five rule changes. Izzy, you know, you mentioned the, the the free kicks, and then they go, "Oh, it's a free kick, so I'll take a scrum." What can you put it? Yeah. Can they, can, is there a situation when they can say it's a free kick and you have to tap it? You, there is no scrum option. It's a free kick, so uh, you have to tap and go. I'd love to see that. If we're going to get speed in the game, if you're going to blow a free kick, particularly at the ruck area, potentially only a tap and go. You know, like or, or bomb it or kick it, but it can't go out on the full. So the game's still in play. I can just see it happening though. Like teams up in the north will love to slow the ball down and slow the game down. So if they get a free kick, particularly at a ruck, they're just going to blow a scrum and, and slow it down. Whereas I see the Kiwis, maybe Australians potentially want to play quick, play fast style of rugby. They will really buy into this. But it's like Kempi said, man, like this has been spoken about for ages, particularly at the ruck. And teams are still taking 10 to, to 15 seconds. And when the ball's going good, like in that first 20 minutes of that test match on the weekend, the ball was getting released from the ruck really quick. But it gets to the 50, 60 minute mark when people are tired and people are you know, lagging a bit to get into position. The ruck's a mess. That's when it needs to be policed. So it'll be interesting, uh, Ricardo, to see how the referees officiate it. They've been told. I think they're going to be uh, stamped down hard on it. And the other thing that is probably slightly different to Super Rugby, so what we saw, I think, in Super Rugby this year was they the referees just deferred to yellows, right? They went, yellow, let the TMO make the decision if it's a red. But at this World Cup, if the referee gives it a yellow and it goes to the TMO and he gives it a red, that's a 20-minute red card, so you can still replace that player 20 minutes later, right? Uh, yeah. But uh, the referee on the field, if he gives a red card, it's a red card for the game. Uh, look, I've got a real issue with red red cards and yellow cards in Rugby Union because I don't think common sense is, um, comes into play here. Like, Even on the weekend when uh, one of our, our, our Blackfern halfback got red carded two minutes into the game, like... It was a collision, an unfortunate collision. She should have been sent off. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't malicious at all. It was just like I'm going to get the tackle, and unfortunately, my face. I face planted the other face of the girl, um, and the referee's gone. Well, you're getting off. I, I'm not worried about TMO making decisions. It's about the actual common sense decision at the beginning. Yeah, because you're going to lose. Yeah, I agree. In, in that context, you're going to lose a player for nothing. Yeah. And, and that's been a talking point for a very long time. Kempi is there's been some occasions where the player hasn't done it purposely mm. and forceful, but he's been sent off and it's wrong games. It's it's absolutely wrong games. So now the referee has a chance. They've got eight minutes, the the TMO, to make a decision to whether to turn it to a red card, 20 minute they get replaced. The referee now has the power to red card uh, a player straight off the bat. So I think you're putting... The decision making back to the referees. We're not going upstairs to, to the cameras and all the different angles. I know it helps because you want to get the decision right, but we need to speed the game up. And this is a, a step in the right direction. Talking the other code though, uh, Ricardo, we got a bit of cricket, more cricket coming yep. up. Black Caps have announced a T20 tour schedule, right? And they've announced the team, and that's all great. We've seen a couple of players uh, recalled, uh, Kyle Jamison back from injury and a couple of guys getting a debut opportunity. My question, we talked about this yesterday. ODI cricket, what's the future, right? What's the next <laughs> World Cup? Done. It's yeah. later this year. <laughs> it's the ODI World Cup. We've got a nine-game tour of the UAE in England. How many ODIs are in it, Izzy? None, none. All T20s. All T20s. <laughs> 
I, I seen this coming, Kimpy, a long time ago. The way the IPL's gone, you've got the American Major League Cricket that is absolutely for me. You've got South African that are all the IPL teams are starting the franchise, all their franchises there. You've got the Caribbean. It is absolutely flying at the demise of ODI cricket. ODI cricket is on the way out. I get a sense it is gone. Look, the I loved ODI cricket. That's what I remember. But it's just falling wayside. Yeah. And, and it is. <laughs> that makes me laugh when you said, that's what I remember. We want to go back to what I remember, mate, which is what, we didn't even have ODI. You know, way back in the beginning when Chris Kens was playing and Richard Hadley was flying him down, there, um, down the wicket. So I just think it's, a, you know, I've always thought that cricket are the innovators of sport. And, and they take something, they run with it, and then they continually look at what are we doing next. But they're not afraid to do that. Um, I'm, I'm not surprised. You know, the money's in the money's in um, the IPL and and T20. It's not in ODI cricket, and that's where they yeah. That's where and why they're going that way. You know, because it's a, it's about getting like you have a look at the IPL. How many how many people over there are watching the game? That's paying for the game basically, and I think everyone else is just trying to cash in on the back of it. Something's got to give. Something's got to give. Test cricket starting to revive. You've got uh, T20, and uh, you know you've, you've got all these formats around the world that are just absolutely thriving. So something's got to give. Kyle Jameson's back after a long layoff. He'll be travelling to the UAE, and you've got a couple of new debutants: Otago all-rounder Dean Foxcroft and Auckland leg spinner Adi Ashok. So looking forward to seeing that unfold. But hey, cross the ditch. Oh, no, I don't know what I think about this one, Ricardo. Big story yesterday. 2025 Lions Tour has uh, obviously been locked in for a while. They're touring Australia. But an Anzac-style invitational team has been given the green light to play the British and Irish Lions a week before the first test out of Adelaide. So an Anzac team. I don't think there'll be any current All Blacks in it, is he? But... An Anzac team, you, like I guess what, these players are going to have to come from, what, Japan, France, other yeah. pl- places like that, England maybe? Japan, I can see with the, the relationship that New Zealand are forming with them, I think they'll be able to get some former players. Smith, Barrett, Moonga will be a part of that. My question, Mark, my question is, Kempi, what does a jersey look like? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, they've, had, they've, had, they've had plenty of um, cracks at, you know, in both codes, rugby league and rugby union. Um, you know, people wearing them in the grandstand, but what does it look like on the football field? You know, where you've got the the split down the middle, and well, I'm not putting on an Australian jersey, even if it's only half a jersey. Um, but but my, my my question is like, who makes a team? Like, there's eight mm. bench positions. Do you put a couple of Aussies on that just to make it an Anzac team? <laughs> seriously, who are you going to pick? But the, this is an opportunity to. To help Australian rugby. We want Australian rugby to be competitive. So I'd love to see more Australians be a part of that with a, an influence of some very experienced All Blacks, form All Blacks, that could be a part of it. No All Black will be, a, uh, current All Black will be in that because they've got a three-test series against France. So that's out of the picture. But you can get a Moonga, you can get an Aaron Smith playing 100 tests that could be a part of Australian rugby. Yes, we, we want to help them. We're going to help them get through this day. So I'm excited for this. This is an innovation, and this is entertainment. And Phil War and Rugby Australia have heard the calls, and New Zealand Rugby have listened, and now we've made a decision. So, yeah, I'm pumped. Mate, and Izzy, I'm glad that you're pumped because it would seem that the man who is the saviour, the Christ-like figure that has come to save <laughs> Australian rugby, Eddie Jones, is it? His quote, 
asked about his uh, input for the team. Yeah, mate, there won't be any from me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can understand. That's what I spoke. Like, he wants Australia to be good. Mm. So there's a there's a decision here to be made as how many Kiwis play in this game. This is a tour of Australia. The Lions taking on the Wallabies. We do not want to go over there and dominate that team. Maybe a couple, four max potentially, maybe five. Put Australians in there, get them starting to compete against the best players in the world, and it helps them be competitive. For- there you go. So uh, let us know what you think too. Double eight double three is the temper bedpost text machine. Double eight double three. What what's that team look like? What's the mix look like? Uh, thinking this is twenty twenty five, and thinking about the players that are leaving post World Cup. Who do you expect to be in that team? And what's the makeup going to look like an ANZAC team to take on the British and Irish Lions and Aussie in twenty twenty five? Beautiful. Plenty to debate, and we've got a huge show, so stay tuned. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Keeping you healthy this winter, Kempi. Yes, welcome back. A text message here from Joe from Gizzy. Appreciate his messages. Always on the on the money. Morena boys, one rule change should be at the ruck, where as soon as a halfback touches the ball with foot or hands, it is in play. The Northern Rugby pork chops keep adding a guy to the back of the ruck and the halfback rakes the ball back to give them more room to clear the ball should not be allowed and slows the game every time from Joe yeah that was one of the instances I saw on the weekend actually Aaron Smith was doing it mm. Aaron Smith was doing it and there's a time particularly when we clear our own exit line and we're trying to form that long ruck to allow our, our halfbacks to get the clear uh, box kick away so we started doing that and that is the time when it's really slow. Other referees going to pull that up. You know, when we're down in the defensive line and we're trying to set a nice exit and the ball's in the ruck for about 20 seconds. Oh, I think I was counting when Heron had it. Is he going to make a change there and pull them up? That'll be the, that'll be the key and, and something that we're looking to, to understand. And another message here from Dave from Karaka. Good afternoon, morning boys. Will be an interesting tour, possibly the only game. The lips will be loose in the Anzac game. Have a great day. Cheers, Dave from Karaka. So he's up and about. I think when you look at those rule changes, lads, before we shoot off to the news and some headlines, you think the TMO and how much influence he's going to have on the game is a big one that they need to sort out. And then the ruck area. Get Line rid of the, get rid of the TMO. Get rid of the TMO. Get rid of the bunker, Kimpy. Get rid of the bunker. I've been saying it for years. They are ruining the game. And bring back the rucking. You know what I mean? When boys, I'll tell you, how you I'll tell you how you clear the ball and get people out of the ruck. Bring back the eight. <laughs> bring back the eight mils. You know the eight mil <laughs> springs, mate. <laughs> that, Have you some of those props, mate? That, they're, they're bloody uh, sprigs. They are so long, and I cannot imagine <laughs> an outside back wanting to get stomped exactly. on by those big, big bloody buffheads. I used to work at a at a Sterling Sports in Pakaranga when uh, like after school, and Zinzan Brook came in one day uh, when he was still playing club footy in Auckland, playing club footy as well. And, you know, 18 mils were the longest legal in rugby, and they have to be X amount wide. He was buying the 21 mil league spikes. (laughs) 
Yes. Because gone are the days, referees don't walk around the change room and check your sprigs. No. No, no, those are long ago. They don't check your milk out and your sprigs. So you can pretty much do whatever you want if you want to have I've got a few of those stories, but we'll keep that for another time. You you hold that. You hold those stories. I bet you do. You would have gone home and and sharpened them with the sharpener. The file. (laughs) The file, mate, to turn them into absolute sprinting uh, spikes. Oh, so good. All right, headlines coming up with Ricardo. A uh, couple of messages here on the 10 per bedpost text machine. Double eight, double three. Share your thoughts on this morning's conversations. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. After England won the toss and put them into bat, Manus Labuschagne and Mitch Marsh top scoring for Aussie with 51 apiece. Best of the English bowlers, Chris Wokes with four for 52. Mm. Special mention to David Warner, who managed to not get out to Stuart Broad. Um, he, <laughs> he got out to Chris Vokes instead. I think there, I think there was a power play too, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. The broad to take him in first and second innings was a boosted power play at the tab, but uh, didn't come through. So Chris Vokes spoiled that. But uh, Warner, uh, I think, scored. Would you say is he thirty eight? I think you mentioned it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there you go. Uh, that's where we're at after uh, day one of the fourth Ashes Test. Uh, man, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, but thirty two from thirty eight balls. Thirty two from thirty eight balls. All good. <laughs> That's right, Izzy and Kimpy for breakfast, the home of nearly correct information, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But you know how we were talking about the ODIs um, potentially being in danger, uh, and we had that big announcement yesterday about New Zealand's summer of cricket. It's great. Like all those tests coming here, New, uh, New Zealand get to play South Africa. Are we actually going to have a summer? Well, put it this way. <laughs> uh, the encroachment of the T20 leagues on the international calendar could force the South Africans to either postpone or field a second-string side at next year's tour to New Zealand. The two-test series, wow. which will begin on the 4th of February in Tauranga, will clash with the late stages of the South African T20 com- franchise competition, which gives South African cricket a conundrum over player availability. A significant portion of South Africa's test players, including the captain, Temba Bavuma, um, and uh, Keshav Maharaj, uh, and the inf- entire frontline pace attack of Rabada, Norte, Ngidi, and Jansen, are contracted t- teams in the South African T20 competition. Well, I'd have to miss parts of the tournament or opt out of the tests. South Africa's players are contractually bound to both but Cricket South Africa has guaranteed the South African T20 first rights to players over the January window and as such the players will be obliged to play for their franchises rather than the national team. Oh man, this is this is concerning. I mean we had Baz on a while back and we spoke about the situation with T20 and, and test matches and he said look the reality is this T, uh, T20s is here and it's probably the format that everyone's watching that's where the money is so we have to rev- evolve around it but this is an interesting situation South Africa are getting a little backhander they're 100% getting a backhander saying that if you release these players we will give you a little bit of a something no I don't know but mate it, it's pretty fishy yeah, well the CEO apparently has told um, Crick Info that they are uh, trying to have the tests moved mm. Mm, so that'd be one to keep an eye on be one to keep yeah. an eye on there you go uh, but keep your four tests anyway it's not that many no it's not, not it's not, not a lot oh no. hopefully we no. get the full strength Aussie team because, you know, that's what that's what we want to see. Uh, Full-strength teams playing test cricket. Trades and builds power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Uh, there you go. Keep your texts coming through. A few more texts through as well, Izzy. Yeah, the Ferns tonight, Ricardo. They don't yeah. name their team an hour out. 
But you look at that squad, I'm thinking, oh, that's interesting. But they'll know their team earlier on in the week for sure. But you look at the squad and you look at the makeup of the team, mm. you got 11 that, that starts. Yeah, I think Vicky Essendon starts in goal. She plays at Glasgow Rangers. She, she looks like she's the number one. I think uh, Rebecca Stott will anchor the centre back, uh, the, the defence centre backs. Ali Riley will definitely play at one fullback. Maybe Michaela Foster at the other side, fullback. Um, those probably those two, uh, as because they get forward, they've got a lot of pace. Uh, Rhea Percival is key. She'll she'll shield the back four play in midfield like a, an anchor, midfield anchor. And then you'll have Hannah Wilkinson lead the attack. Probably Livy Chance. She's a, a probably a best creative player. And maybe Paige Satchel, uh, who's very, very quick uh, to play on the other wing, if you like, uh, and give Hannah Wilkinson support uh, with probably Katie Bowen and Betsy Hassett in the middle as well um, to solidify the midfield. That's that's kind of what I'd be thinking. What's, what system do they play, Rick? What's, what predominantly do they play one striker up front or you know are they more defensive based? No, they play, a. It, it's kind of fluid. So it's really a, if you've got the ball, it's 4-3-3. Yeah. If you don't have the ball, it's four five one. So the two wingers drop back in okay. the midfield when you don't have to the defend. ball. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that'll be that'll be basically what it looks like. Yeah. Now I understand. I used to play a bit of FIFA and I used to go all out attack, change my formation, just go attack. Who cares? <laughs> Leave one at the back. Good luck. And usually he's my quickest player. But but I'm a, I'm actually fizz for it. Look, I don't know a hell of a lot about football. I'll be completely honest, and particularly the the football ferns. I've watched a tiny bit. But, mate, I'm, I'm super excited. I, I cannot wait. And, and you've read it off a few names. Hannah Wilkinson, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what she's able to do for this football Ferns team. And, mate, I'm right behind them. Cannot wait to see it unfold. Lads, uh, just quickly, Kevin, the 89 Lions played in Anzac uh, 15. Think the jersey was gold, white and black. Kempe, you remember that? Uh, I, do, I, do, I do, actually. And the jersey was gold, white and black. And it had a uh, fern at the top and a kangaroo... There's a kangaroo underneath, and it had Anzac 15 across the middle, and it was actually supplied by Canterbury. Oh, there you go, there you go. We'll have to go find a, an old picture of that. But, mate, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Combined teams, I know there's a couple of messages there. Let us know. How does that make-up look? Would you love to see more Wallabies to get them more competitive? Who is the former All Blacks that you love to see a part of that team? Double eight, double three. We'll shoot off. We've got Quizzy Dag coming up. 0800 150 You've got a Winters Wellness Pack, courtesy of the Chemist Warehouse and our friends at Good Vitamin Co. Up for grabs. So call now 0800 150 to take on me, the Quizmaster. No matter what you ask me, try and play the quiz, things won't get nasty. Get up, stand up, come and throw your hands up. If you got the feeling, get the phone's lines ringing. Came to get paid, we came to get paid. So get on your phones and dial now. Call now, 0800. Call now, 150. Call now, 811. Call now, call now and get paid. Hey, 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 hey. Yes, welcome back. Time for Quizzy Dag 0800 We've got a wellness pack from the Chemist Warehouse. Up for grabs. I know you're trying to keep yourselves healthy this winter. This will go a long way to doing that. So give us a call if you want to be a part of Quizzy Dag. Caleb from Manawatu has given us a call. He's trying to keep healthy. Morning, Caleb. Good morning, guys. 
<sighs> here we go, Caleb. I'm just going to get my glasses out here. I cannot believe what I'm reading here. This is crazy. <laughs> Question number one. The Arizona Diamondbacks won a 29-run thriller. 16-13 in Major League Baseball yesterday. Who did they beat? Uh, the LA Dodgers. The LA Dodgers is incorrect. Sorry, Caleb. I really <laughs> wanted to get you healthy, mate. Maybe tomorrow. Give you one first up. Give us a right, call. Tricky <laughs> <laughs> one first up. I know, mate. I'm sorry. Mark from Todunga, he's got no chance. <laughs> You've already spoken about it this morning, lads. <laughs> Alright, give us a quick answer Yep, it was Shock Google, question number two <laughs> Wellington <laughs> No, 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 no He's got a starting his on, it's good <laughs> Wellington beats South Canterbury 67-21 to defend the Ramfurly Shield yesterday Which player scored four tries? That's uh, Knows his rugby. Knows his rugby. There you go. Question number three. The Dragons meet the Tigers in what could be a wooden spoon decider tonight. Who was the last team to lose to the Dragons? Next good question. Well, it wasn't Norths. <laughs> South Sydney Rattus, Rabbitohs. Here you go, Mark. Grand final. Here we come. Hey. Size 12. Question number four. <laughs> Size 12. <laughs> Question number four. Germany are ranked second in the world in the FIFA Women's Rankings. How many Women's World Cups have they won? Three. Three is incorrect. Sorry, Marky Mark. Good to hear your voice, brother, and I uh, hope you're recovering from your holiday. Question, uh, we're going to get to Lemmy. Lemmy from the Palmy oh, North. Morning, morning Lemmy. Morning, boys. Hey, oh, Kippy, can you just, uh, no, no, no. Oh, you got smart, you got cheeky about my tubos the other day. <laughs> but I really want to. I don't really want to talk to you. I want to talk to Kimpy. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't pronounce it. I can't. Pro- I can't pronounce it. Sorry, I just can't find myself to do it. All right, mate. Let's. Uh, let's I think, get it, I think it was one. Quick. I think Here we go. One. Why did one. they? Why did nah. they wear buttons? Let me. Why did they wear buttons? One. <laughs> one. Oh, oh. Actually, I was trying to find out, but uh, because of the rain. Because it rains most of the time. Hell of a. Hell of a way to stop the rain falling on your dome. Awesome. Great innovation. Awesome. Love it. <laughs> Lemmy, you got it wrong, so get out of here. Question number five for Jade from Hambledon. Morning, Jade. Morning, the boys. How are we? Good, thank you. Germany are ranked second in the World Cup in FIFA Women's Rankings. How many World Cups have they won? Wasn't three and wasn't one. one. They won two. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> Question number five, mate. Are you are you feeling healthy? I just need this to sustain my current lifestyle. <laughs> oh, <laughs> your current lifestyle? What is it? What does it involve? Right. Talk me through. Chocolate Coffee, thins, chocolate things. All right, all right. Let's get your wellness back. Question number five: Who won Player of the Year for the Sales MBL? 
Do I get a clue for that one? Swing, sweet chariot. What? What's Swing. the word missing? Swing what? Swing load, load, big load. Um, the centre. Um. <laughs> oh, fuck. What do you say? <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> no. You're fifty percent there. Oh. I'd hate to rob you of this one, mate. Come on. It's low with an E too, boys. Come on now. Uh, Don't rob us. No, no, I'm Rob. Rob Low. Rob I'm robbed. I'm robbed. I'll be robbed. You just oh, clicked uh, in it, Jay. Oh, boy. So good. You need this wellness pack. Okay? Hey, brothers, if I could. The Guzzlers, the Hamilton Opel Guzzlers are playing the Div 2 final on, on Saturday and if anyone's around the Hamilton area and want to get down to watch some good original grassroots rugby, uh, yeah, get down the boys would love your support. Awesome. Jade, go along and support the lads. Appreciate it, mate. Stay. Uh, good luck with that wellness pack. You're going to need it, I think. So there you go, <laughs> Rob Lowe. You nearly got robbed. Anyway, we're going to shoot off, come back, love racing, Uncle Kempi. Also, our text machine on double eight double three oh eight hundred one five eight eleven. Had a good chat to them and their team the other day, Izzy and uh, man, they're, they're a good bunch of people and real great supporters of the show. Uh, so, a good morning to you both. Uh, find a thoroughbred race state events loveracing.nz and racing clubs of Victoria, New South Wales, and Hong Kong are wearing horse of the year. Sharp and smart, Izzy. Uh, sharp and smart earned three million dollars as a three-year-old. A tally which should see him voted as the country's top gallop, galloper. Uh, last season. Already with the horse two weeks away from trialling and eight weeks from his first race, bookmakers have installed Sharp and Smart on the fifth line of betting for the f- f- five million Caulfield Cup, the five million WS Cox Plate, and of course the seven point seven five million Melbourne Cup. One of the world's best jockeys, Hugh Bowman, game will team up uh, with Sharp and Smart. Of course, made his name riding the great horse Winks, which as he was a part owner. And um, we'll just go to the <laughs> racing <laughs> today, which is. Uh, at Hastings, I do like a couple today. In race one, number one uh, infringement ridden by Craig Grills. I would have a look at that. I think that's not a bad um, a bad horse to look at. Curtis Pertab, obviously training that. And in race number three, I also like number one, Obadiah Naka Haley. He's going all right, the young jockey. He's uh, He's got a four-claimer um, on, on that for Debbie Sweeney. So those two in race three, Obadiah and... Uh, Race one, we also have infringement. That's our Love Racing update. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Try the new Nature's Way high-strength Vita gummies for adults from Chemist Warehouse, now only $19.99. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Flips it back, Bader's at the wall, it's gone, it's tied, Shot.
Yes, does not. Oh, yes, does it up again, Jordan Nottai. That's a three. 47 as a crack, 91. Jordan Nottai with the, coming up on the performance of the season. Welcome back, Izzy Kim people. Breakfast in CNC. Did you get there? Just clearing the voice. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, didn't know Kez pushed the button. Sorry, but dear. That's okay. Sorry, it's mate. All right. It's all right. <laughs> just clearing the voice because we're in a big voice box. So we're going to big, uh, big hour ahead, lads. We're going to be talking with some league. We've got some golf coming up. NBL after 8 o'clock. So a big couple of hours ahead. But at the start of the show... I reminded everyone, the Ashes, Game 3, Match 3, has concluded after Day 1. Stumps, 299 for 8, England, uh, Australia are at the moment. And that will uh, resume tonight at 9pm live on SENZ in the SEN uh, app. You can get all that Ashes. And tonight, the Football World Cup is here. Finally, Norway take on our very own Football Ferns at Eden Park. Bring your raincoats. Bring your jackets, your umbrellas, because it's going to be wet, but the crowd's going to be there in full force to support our very own. We also talked about the rugby, the Lions series in 2025 in Australia. The makeup of the Anzac team will depend on if they want to win or not. You stack it with Kiwis if you want to win. If you're happy with coming second, you make it a majority of Australians who can get more experience at almost winning low than is from Andy, so send your messages through Temper Bedpost text machine double eight double three in regards to that. But there is also a big match tomorrow night at Mount Smart Kempe. Yes, there is. The Canberra Raiders are coming to town before the Warriors go on a bye, and they're on a bit of a run themselves coming off a bye uh, as well with a big game, I think, uh, tomorrow night. A bit of rain coming. We've got Madge McGuire on the line joining us. Good morning, Madge. How are you this morning? Good, Danny. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Mate, how have you travelled and how's your week been, um, I guess, did you get time time to relax and take some time out? Oh, I wouldn't say we've had time out. We've sort of uh, travelled two days ago. We had a training day yesterday and uh, we'll do your traditional captain's run today and then uh, get stuck in the game on uh, Friday. So uh, really looking forward to it. Uh, it's nice to be back in New Zealand. Mate, Madge, obviously you're looking at the Kiwis all the time, being the Kiwi coaches. Well, what do you make of the Warriors' form this year and, and where are their strengths? Yeah, they're strong right across the park, Kimmy. I, I think they've really improved. Uh, I think you can really see the difference with the players being back home. I think, um, yeah, just talking to a lot of the players, uh, especially when they came out and gave us a bit of a telling up there uh, over in Canberra, just how happy the team is. I think that's one thing that makes football easy is that, you know, your, your environment and uh, you're happy. And talking to a lot of the, the Kiwi boys that I had away on tour, you could see how excited they were about actually just being back in New Zealand uh, after obviously what they've been through over the last few years. And I think, you know, across the park, their forwards are playing well. Uh, Toru Harris is, um, you know, leading up the front with Adam Fanua Blake. Uh, I think uh, Dylan Walker's playing a, a great part off the bench. So, look, across the, the middle of the park, they're very strong. But, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, Wade Egan, he's really added a lot to their game. You know, he steers the ship and allows Sean and then... Um, yeah, young Luke uh, Metcalf to be able to play off the back of that. And, you know, it's nice to see uh, Dallin score a few tries, but as long as he's not doing that um, in a couple of days' time, I'll be happy. <laughs> Mate, you talked about the the middles for the Warriors, but I look at the page and I see the middles for 
the Canberra Raiders, Papali, Wolford, Tapane, Young, Whitehead and Hallsborough. Have you been getting in their ear to get some edge and a bit of mungle? Joseph Tarpane was on our show yesterday, and he said he wants to hit Charles Nickel clods there right between the ribs. <laughs> oh, good old mates out of each other. So, uh, <laughs> uh, look, they, uh, they do get along the voice. Uh, and obviously, yeah, I've been very fortunate to have a number of the boys on tour. Uh, they're a special group of players, and uh, the, the, the Kiwi boys that have had a way, but uh, I think... Um, uh, Tarps and uh, Charles, I'm sure they'll get a hold of each other at some stage because uh, Charles is playing some good footy through the middle of the park and you know he's turning up out in edge very quickly off the back of some of their um, sort of shift plays. So they're, they're playing a good brand of footy and uh, you know it's going to be a big game. When you talk about brand of footy, 33 mils expected tomorrow night in Auckland. So the rain jacket's about, the umbrellas will be out. It's a total different... Yeah. Uh, kind of uh, environment that you're expecting or you've been used to in Canberra. It's cold, but it's probably mostly dry. Has that changed the focus for this week? Uh, not really. I mean, we we do suffer a fair bit of uh, cold weather over there and a bit of rain, so I think we're probably two teams that are used to the environment. Uh, oh, I'm just really looking forward to the crowd. I think the fact that you know, and we are very envious of watching what's going on over here with the crowds. Uh, you know, they get behind the team and uh, they're very passionate about rugby league. And obviously, you know, I've got a um, you know very fond uh, you know thought of how things are going over here and on rugby league on the ground level, and then also just to watch the fans get behind the game. And I think it's thoroughly deserved that uh, you know they're. They've been enjoying their rugby league now that's been able to, to be back in the country and have the players back in. They've certainly done that, Maj. They've had over 22,000 plus at every home game so far this year. Brilliant. Mate, Jack Whiten, um, obviously, this is his last season with the Canberra. Uh, how, is, how is that, um, if, if in any, any way, uh, disrupted your, pre- your prep for the rest of the year? Yeah, Kimmy, I think early on it probably was, uh, there was quite a bit of noise there early days. Um, you know, and, you know, Jack, I think he's been at Canberra 14 years now, and I think, to be honest, it's probably more of just wanting to have a little bit of a change. Uh, but one thing Jack's done is he's very passionate about the club and he loves the club, uh, you know, born and bred in the place, and uh, he wants to make sure that he finishes, um, you know, in a really good year. and. Yeah, they're a very tight group, uh, the Raiders boys. So uh, I think, you know, it hasn't really distracted anything um, as we've gone throughout the season. But I think early days it does because, you know, obviously you know, he's a, a love son of the, the Raiders and um, I guess it's always a bit of change. But look, at, to be honest, that sort of hasn't really been talked about and he's been very focused and playing well for us. So uh, that's the key at the moment. But we had, we had Luke Metcalf on running it straight yesterday um, and we spoke to him basically about the form that he's in, because he's in pretty good form. You talk about Jack Whiten being at the yeah. club for 14 years and, you know, he's moving on. He's he's done everything in the game in Australia. When you look at the likes of Luke Metcalf and the lack, I, I guess, of depth in the halves and the competition, do you see the yeah. likes of Luke Metcalf one day being a, a marquee player at a club in the halves? Well, there's no reason why he can't be. Uh, I think, you know, there's a lot of young kids coming through that you sort of probably don't hear of and, I'm forever looking at what's the uh, the best young talent coming through because you're always looking at either recruiting or for myself personally, but, you know, the young Kiwis that are coming through. But, uh, oh, look, there's no reasons why it can't be. I, um, I remember talking to Luke, I think it was two or three years ago when uh, we were in COVID up in Queensland, and he's a, he's a nice young kid and, you know, he's very passionate about his footy. And, you know, when they've got that hunger to, to want to succeed, there's no reasons why they can't, um, you know, take their footy forward and, 
you know, he's he's playing off the back of uh, a great, you know, the the Warriors at the moment that are are all playing for each other, and when that happens, it makes your job really easy. Uh, and I can sort of see he's just playing off the back of what's going on around him. Yeah, he's going class at the moment. He uh, obviously scoring a lot of tries and directing the squad around the field. But let's let's take back to the result when you went down against the the Warriors. There was a lot of emotion that week. Obviously, a, a momentous occasion yeah. for Jared Croker in his three hundredth. Yeah. It's different now. So, what has been the mindset shift? You've had the results go your way before the bye. Have you made a, uh, adjustments to the game, or what are they? Well, I think it, it just our biggest one is playing for 80 minutes. I think uh, yeah, we show um, some really good glimpses of how we can play, but it's just doing it for longer periods of time. And I think that's something there that the, the Warriors are doing well. They're a team that are playing for a full 80. And yeah, when they played against us um, over in Canberra, obviously yeah, it was a real tussle in the first half, but they were able to break away. So you've got to make sure that you maintain the pressure. And I think um, you know, Sean's doing that very well for the Warriors at the moment where he's... He's put, putting teams or the opposition into their corner and you've got to work hard to get out of that um, off the back of his kicking game. So yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a, a real arm wrestle game um, in a couple of days' time. So are you saying, Coach, that SJ will be wearing that black number seven? Well, he's been in really good form. Uh, <laughs> look, I've, I've actually... You know, and I, I think I've actually said this... Um, on the station before where, you know, obviously you, you have to make some big decisions when you're picking a World Cup team. And uh, I remember talking to Shawnee before it and, you know, he was sort of trying to get himself back home and get back to the family and, um, you know, he was just trying to find his form that uh, he knows he can play. And he said, Madge, I'd love to be back in that jersey at some stage and I'm going to work really hard to do that. And there's no reasons why off the back of what he's doing now that uh, he's putting some great pressures on the positions that... Um, yeah, we have within the Kiwi team. So looking forward to test matches at the back end of the year and uh, hopefully they all get locked away uh, as far as I know that they will be. Um, yeah, just doing stuff with the CBA, I think, at the moment to get that locked away. But uh, it'd be nice to see him uh, in the jersey uh, off the back of the way he's playing. Yeah, that was my next question. We've had a, a ton of messages coming through in regards to the Kiwi tests and, and what do they look like in the schedule. So you're saying once the CBA is done, we'll get some clarity and potentially... Maybe a little snippet of maybe what that would look like. Yeah, oh, that's that's my belief. Uh, what I, I've got an understanding. Nice. Oh, it's uh, a bit of you know, I guess it's frustrating for everyone, but they've got to go through what they need to to, to lock things away. But uh, it'd be really good to get the uh, Kiwi boys back together again. And yeah, there's a World Cup in in, in 25, and uh, the more I can get the team together with the staff and the squad and. Um, you know, build that and have those opportunities where we spend time together. It's very, very important to to, to, to chase the uh, the win at the World Cup, which we're all after. Madge, there's a big talk in Australia at the moment about the CBA, and uh, you know the 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 origin especially should be uh, taken through a shorter period. It's over eight week period at the moment. They're talking about shortening it to three weeks. I, they asked me in Australia this week what I thought about. It. I said, well, it's a great opportunity to play a Pacific Cup over a three week period yeah. if they do move. To the uh, to the state of origin over that period of time. What what are your thoughts about other players getting the opportunity to play through that window, not just players that want to play for their state? Yeah, it can be on with you, mate. I, I'd love to, you know, be able to play a uh, Pacific Nation tournament or 
uh, you know, we, we need to be able to provide it um, just from a selfish point of view as a coach, mate, a, you know, an opportunity for our boys to be together and play at that level. Uh, you know, and you look at the state of origin and they've got, you know, a number of the Australian players that they come together and they, they go in and out of camp and they learn how to play at a higher level. Well, it's been able to provide um, our players the same opportunity. And I think if they were able to either pause a competition and have a, a you know, a, a tournament, uh, I mean, we played, I think, two years ago uh, where we played Tonga in the middle of the season where we had that one-off game and, you know, we, we went to Mount Smart and the crowd was unbelievable. I mean, I've never seen an atmosphere like it mm. and there's no reasons why that, you know, if they do put a pause that, uh, you know, we've got enough uh, TV um, viewing that we can put on for um, rugby league, so it covers a lot of that. But I'm a big fan of what you're talking about. I'd love to be able to bring the boys together uh, and have, you know, whether it's a two- or three-game series, in the Pacific Nation, I think that'd be a great idea, mate. The um, I was at that game; it was it was absolutely phenomenal. It was a no-brainer playing against Tonga, yeah. and especially the way that they're going. So, Mo, you could say the same thing, Madge, after yeah, um, finishing finishing second in the World Cup. So, it, yeah. it, it makes you know common sense to play those two in a Pacific Cup. What what yeah. what are the likelihoods of locking in a schedule for like five years, as opposed to we're we're seven weeks away from the competition finishing, and all of yeah. your your NRL clubs will be saying to the boys who are, as we know, carrying little injuries. It's you know time for you to get cleaned up. Don't worry about anything else because I need you for next year. Mm. When is the when is the likelihood of a five year calendar coming out? Kempi, I've been saying the same thing as you for many years. It'd be nice to be able to lock it away, and I do know that COVID uh, did interrupt, but COVID's gone now. Yeah, we need to be able to sit down as a game and go. Well, here's a five year program for the international game. Um, yeah, I, I continually tell people how special that space is, and it's an opportunity for our game um, to take a, a great leap forward. Uh, yeah, obviously, you know, over in the World Cup, uh, you've got teams that are not quite at the top level, uh, but they're growing in, in stature and in, in how they're going. But you know, our, our, you know, Tonga, Samoa, England, for, you know, um, New Zealand, you know, we can actually create some really good content in games and it's entertaining footy um, you know it's a, a different style than just the sometimes the the nrl footy where it gets into a grind uh, so yeah it'd be nice to be able to lock away a five-year program so we can actually grow that space and turn it into something very special yeah hey Madge, what just a, a, just before i let you go ruben wiki well what's his role this week is he handing out your jerseys or is he handing out the warriors jumpers <laughs> <laughs> you might have to ask him, man. I, I know he's uh, stuck between two, but uh, he's a Raider at heart, mate. You've got to remember that. He, he won a grand final. He's one of the greats. So, uh, But I do know he's um, held very in high regard over here in New Zealand. So uh, he's a special man, Roots. He certainly is the Pied Piper. Hey, uh, yeah. thanks for joining us this morning, Madge. All the best tomorrow night. We'll be there calling it for SENZ. Uh, so all of your listeners in Canberra can uh, listen through. Good luck. Good on you, boys. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Awesome, Madge McGuire talking about the Kiwis. Love that chat, Kimpy. We need more. We need more. Like You don't even know when the Kiwis are going to play. It's, <laughs> it's been ridiculous. a long time since the World Cup, and we haven't even seen them since. I can't even remember the World Cup. It was that long ago, and we haven't even seen a test in test schedule. We're going to get some confirmation on that potentially after the CBA is announced, but that Pacific Nations Cup has to happen, Kimpy. We need to see more tests. Like, what, when you think of a number, what is a number that you would love to see test matches during the year? The All Blacks play 13 to 15 tests a year. Yeah. Kiwis, yes, with the clubs, potentially not going to be that many, but what, seven? Three. Nah, three. Three. Is three? Pl- three is plenty a year, going and then building on the back of it and build all your structures underneath it. 
So you've got all your all your residents playing here, all your Aussie residents playing there, building competitions to actually fill into three tests a year. The reason for that, Izzy, is because of the length of the NRL. Like you're not yeah, going to get more. Than, you're not going to get more than three. Mm. You know what yeah. I mean. So to get three, and that's why I said a Pacific Cup between Tonga, Samoa, and New Zealand. Got to remember, Tonga has tailed up each of the Tier One um, teams. That's Australia, New Zealand, and and uh, England. There is no tiers. Get rid of that rubbish. All right. Mm. Samoa finished second. Who's meant to be a Tier Two team in the World Cup? So when you think about it, logic makes uh, it makes total sense. Play those three. Down here, while Origin's on, and shorten or, and shorten Origin to a three-week um, period. Because there is no chance that NRL in, in Australia would allow that to happen. I tell you because what, what happens if the Origin players, Pacific players, want to go and play for their countries? That's exactly. It is right. just weak. That's exactly. That, that won't happen. So what's a, so what's the key here? The key here is the CBA, isn't it? My question, mm. and, be, and before all of this can happen, is how many Pacifica and Kiwis actually sitting in the leadership group of the of the Players Association? Because if I was sitting there and and passionate about my country, I would be putting that stipulation in there. Ooh, man, plenty to. The, I, I know where you're coming from. You've spoken about this plenty of times. Three test matches played through the state of origin window, a window that could potentially happen. But I just cannot see the NRL absolutely buying into that. No chance at all. All right, lads, that was Madge Maguire, and that was brought to you by Alcoa Wheels Lighter, Brighter, Stronger. Visit transpex.co.nz. We've got Kempi's off the back fence coming up. He's going to tee off. Where's he going to go? I do not know, but I know Kempi's got a smile on his face. It might be happy. It might be right between the nostrils. We'll have to wait and see. Fight for life, Tony Kemp. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Kemp's Warehouse, keeping you healthy this winter. Try the new Nature's Way high-strength Vita gummies for adults from Kemp's Warehouse, now only $19.99. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. The Back Fence with Tony Kemp. Well, a recent survey of participation in Australian sport has thrown some shade over the game of rugby league, which says rugby league in Australia doesn't register in the top 10 sports that people partake in. While the likes of Channel 9, Fox Sport and Sky fight for their slice of the NRL, have a think of what that looks like in the future. If the decline in numbers, especially those under the age of 15 continues to trend. When I say New Zealand is becoming a critical pathway for the NRL, the current study confirms why the likes of Manly and Canterbury have aligned with key stakeholders in the game over the side of the Tasman. And that raises a number of questions. How does State of Origin, for instance, survive if in 10 years time there are no quality Australian players coming through their pathways? It's looking more like being a country of origin. But more importantly, what does this mean for New Zealand pathways? Kiwi kids are flocking to the NRL because they do not have pathways in place other than tournaments in New Zealand to play in. So what does it mean? Well, I'm picking another change in the rules to suit the Australian game. Already rules apply for Kiwi and Pacific kids to be able to select origin and a course play for Australia. And I can't see that, sh- that trend stopping. 
If we thought we had an exodus of players to Australia on our hands currently, watch the clubs clamber for more and more talent as the game of league in Australia continues to dry up. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. So you're saying the game of rugby league at the moment is striving. It is very, very strong. A la rugby in New Zealand about five to eight years ago. Very, very strong. We had numbers, we had teams, we had dominating every every team that we put out in the black jersey and every representative team. Are they heading in the same trajectory potentially as rugby in New Zealand is heading? You know, like our under-20s came seventh. hundred percent. Which is unheard of. And yeah. now we're, we're struggling in the pathway. So are you concerned, Kimpy? Oh, you con- you're not concerned for the NRL, but you're concerned for our talent here being poached. Well, if you you know if you go like on the merry-go-round um, thinking like you do when you look at the numbers and you start to think and forecast, um, the NRL in ten years' time looks totally different. Like the the they call it the browning of the game. It takes it actually, I reckon it's progressing. It's progressed um, a lot in the last twenty-five years. I reckon you see ten years in the next twenty-five year uh, twenty-five years compressed in the next 10 years and the browning of the game happens and what's happening and this is you know the point that Madge you know when we asked about the Pacific Cup the brand of origin will actually become a country of origin now if you go and look at the Australian schoolboys that was named two weeks ago there is I think there's two or three maybe Australian kids in it all of them are Pacifica and Māori um, that's really concer- that's really concerning and the concern about that which has been Basically, the this, this survey that was brought out um, it confirms it. Like, soccer is obviously 1.1 million soccer players over in um, participants and, and youth over in Australia. Rugby league doesn't even have anywhere near 200,000 participants, and they're not even registered in the top 10. You know, yet the NRL is thriving. Hence the reason why the NRL are not policing recruitment into New Zealand and why the clubs, I hope everyone understands that now, is why the clubs are aligning with districts here in New Zealand. It's, mate, they've got no choice because they've got no players over there. And this is what Ando said to me when me and him sat down um, when I went over and called to him. He said, mate, we've got no kids. Like, you guys have got plenty of them. Your tournaments, we just come over there and we, and this is, this is the sad part about it, we just wait and hope that no other one can see the talent like we do and we, we just pick your kids up and take and bring the them over here. In our backyard. And now Canterbury Rugby League is aligned with the Bulldogs. Big news, big headland, Manly with Auckland Rugby League. How, Tony? How? Oh, yeah. It's, it's you know... Well, and I'll just say to Ricardo, like on this, what it does to the national body, it makes them lazier because everyone else is doing their job. You know, so you've got NRL clubs and developing, Rick and, you know, taking players and clubs aligning, districts aligning. And, and all the people at the national body are doing is sitting there putting, putting, getting bigger pockets, fuller pockets, you know, doing, doing absolutely now. We need competitions down here, 100%. To keep our kids. Well, I think the big question is, how is Auckland Rugby League not aligned with the Warriors? I know you've talked about that before, but that still baffles me. In a line, in a straight line? <laughs> honestly, they are. They're, they're in a straight line. They're about oh, 200 metres from the building. Uh, so, yeah, mate. Like, that's just it's absolutely the, crazy. the Great Wall do, of Auckland I, up, nah, Well, Is there a Great Wall of Auckland? No. Nah, uh, Graham Lowe's doing some work with, with the Auckland Rugby League. So, Lowe, you know, the great man that he is, 
um, and and very good uh, in the rugby league realm. You know, we all know that Manly has his club, so there's some type of a, uh, alignment there with Lowy and Manly um, with the Auckland Rugby League. So that just sort of makes sense. But the but the issue is, is he is not that. It's the decline of uh, youth participation in Australia. They've got nowhere else to go. Uh, makes for a good conversation, Kempi. Appreciate you off the back fence, brother. Uh, Kempi's kicker too. Today it's Thursday. We've got a bonus bet. We've got a bonus bet. So remember, send through your your options that you want to be a part of Kempi's kicker. Kempi will pick one. I'll pick one, and you can be a part of it. And if it wins, you get half of the half of the piece of the pie. So there you go. So send them through Kempi's kicker. Marcus Wheelhouse is coming up. We're going to be talking golf soon. So you might want to chuck in a, a golfer that potentially make top twenty, top ten. Or even take it out. Juicy Oz. Be like Lammy. Cameron Young. Cameron Young? Woo. We'll have to ask Marcus Wheelhouse about Cameron Young shortly. But before then, we've got some headlines with Rick Dog. Here's Aroha, the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Uh, Manus Labuschagne and Mitch Marsh top scored for Aussie 51 apiece. Chris Folks, the best of the bowlers, taking four for 52. Uh, civil servants in Brazil. Won't have to worry for being late to work because of the Women's World Cup because the government have announced in Brazil you can go to work late. Uh, so basically, oh, with the uh, yeah, with the group matches uh, being played in Australia uh, for, for for Brazil, uh, the man- Minister of Management Esther Dweck has told civil servants they can report for duty up to two hours after the final whistle. So on games on days when games are held at seven thirty in the morning Brazil time, work will start at eleven. And a game's held at 8, it'll start at 12. Do, uh, do you reckon Chris Hippikins will allow us to do that? For Friday, Friday morning, have a sleep in. Have a sleep in. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Games at 4 in the afternoon, do we write the whole day off then? I reckon, I reckon we do. National holiday. Uh, Brazil have won a record 8 Copa America uh, titles, but have their best finish at the World Cup has actually been when they lost the final to Germany 2007. So the Brazilians have never actually won the World Cup. Is and it slogan? And take thwack. <laughs> yeah, I think it might be. It might be. <laughs> and uh, just wrapping the headlines, ruck.co.uk has got has published a fan voted dirty bastards fifteen, right? Of rugby. <laughs> and I, I'm scratching my head here. Okay, here's the team. I'll give you the team. <laughs> Why are you scratching me? He's a grub. No, well, no. The, there's one in particular that has is, is got me. But Israel Folau was named at fullback. Uh, Johan Huger and Sivu Reese on the wings. Tana Umaga and Brian Lima in the centres. You, you know that they still they still hate Tana because of that tackle on O'Driscoll. <laughs> Owen Farrell at ten. Mike Phillips at nine. Uh, in the in the in the forward pack, Sebastian Chabal, Callum Clark, and Peter Omani are the Lucy's. Bucky's Botta and Thomas Lavanini uh, are the locks. The props are Joe Marler and Richard Lowe. Don't have a problem with either of those. But the hooker <laughs> is Dane Coles. And like, I know Colsey like, can be a bit of a grub, but there's a bloke, Rotorua's finest, Dylan Hartley, who I just checked, in his rugby career, had 60 weeks of suspension, 6-0 in his career. How the hell is Dylan Hartley not there? He got a free year. He got a full paid sabbatical for a year. How good is that? Uh, mate, Colsey, love the bloke. Oh, he's a, he's, he's a annoying, great bloke, mate. mate. He's, he's a, a good man. Pest, is he? He'll be captain of that team. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, Richard Lowell will be loving it. He loves it whenever he, that gets brought up. He's, he, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. And oh. he, t- he told me his son's playing for Carpenty Bears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my.
mate. That, that, that's a good call. I love the locks. It's Beth Lavanini, yeah. two absolute grubs, big behemoth men in the in the middle pack. Ah, oh, man. So if there's anyone that we've missed out on the grub selection, can you send them through? Because I'd love to hear your nominations. Tony Kemp. Kempy? <laughs> <laughs> Who sharpens his sprigs? Come on. <laughs> there you go. Those are sports news headlines. Do trainees deserve special treatment from their local Ken Arts High branch? You know, they do. Uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to talk some golf, aren't we, Izzy? Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk some golf with Marcus Warehouse. A couple of uh, tips coming through on the text machine, so we'll get to those shortly. Keep them coming for Kempe's Kicker, and you can go in for a chance to be with us and get you paid. But Marcus Warehouse will steer us in. Hurry into Chemist Warehouse and find Calvin Klein Euphoria for Men, 50 mil, for only $39.99. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Yes, welcome back. We're 16 away from 8. Plenty coming up on the show and plenty of Kempe Kickers nominations coming through. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Could be on anything league, rugby, uh, the cricket, uh, the golf. And on the golf, we're going to be talking Royal Liverpool, the Open taking place this weekend. A couple of Kiwis, Dan Hillier and Ryan Fox flying the Kiwi flag. We've got Marcus Warehouse on the show to join us to preview this weekend's Open. Morning, Marcus. How you doing, bud? Morning, Izzy. How you, boys? Yeah, we're good, mate. We're good. Getting excited after a you know, couple of weeks of some exciting golf, particularly from Dan Hillier, British Masters winner, a top five in the previous DP World Tour, and our very own Ryan Fox, mate. You'll be all over it. How are the lads uh, building up to this performance at Royal Liverpool, particularly Ryan Fox? How's he feeling? Yeah, actually, I just uh, got a phone from him. He's, he's feeling pretty good. I think he's had a Obviously, a good finish last week and um, in some trying conditions in Scotland, but it was uh, on the, yep. especially on the Sunday. But yeah, no, like he's uh, he's he's rested up. He's had a pretty pretty easy. It was wet on Tuesday, um, so he didn't do much. Um, so it's been I think it's been a pretty pretty solid trip. So uh, I mean, Dan, obviously, mate, what a what yeah. a win that was mm. at um, at the at the Masters and at the British Masters, and it's just a. I was actually with his old one of his old sponsors and. Um, over in England with him at the time, and and uh, and you know just everybody around him just really chuffed and proud of him that you know they could get it done so early, and you know he's only young age, twenty four, to do what he's doing is, is I think is incredible. Maybe when you think of Royal Liverpool and uh, the condition, I was talking to a guy yesterday who's actually played at Royal Liverpool. He says if the wind's not there, it can be relatively easy. We could see some scoring, but the wind should get up. Who would that suit? Would that is Foxy and Dan Hillier go all right if wind conditions do affect play? Yeah, I think. Look, I looked at the forecast uh, the other day. Um, Foxy's got an early tea time on Thursday, which is good. Um, Dan's a bit late, Beautiful. but the, the conditions look pretty good for the first two days, and then there's some stuff rolling in on Saturday, which looks nasty. Um, a lot of wind and, and gusting up to sort of thirty odd mile now. I actually played the British Amateur back there in about 1963, I think it was, um, and. Uh, it was. It's a great golf course. It's. Um, it's. You know, obviously a, a little bit softer this year compared to what it was when Tiger won a few years back. Um, so, a couple of controversials with the with the with the seventeenth to par three change, which is uh, it's meant to be brutal. But I think, look, you know, if you can get the calm conditions in the early couple of days, I think the scoring will be quite hot, especially if the you know the course is pretty soft and the 
and the uh, and the ones down. But yeah, I, I totally agree with you, mate. Once the one gets up, mate, it's on that mercy side one that's it's brutal. <laughs> hey, Marcus Cam Smith, can you get it done again? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I like Tommy Fleetwood as well, mate. I think he's a local lad. I mean, there's there's pressure on him, but he's played that golf course a lot. Uh, Cam's, I think, always got a point to prove, you know, especially in this little scenario. Um, and and he's and I know he gets pretty hungry for these. So I, yeah, I, I'm expecting a, a pretty good performance by Cam this week. What about Rory McIlroy? Obviously getting the job done at the Scottish Open over ruining the homecoming for Rob McIntyre, the left-hander. But can you see him slowly getting a bit of confidence and potentially taking a major again? It's been a long time. It has been a long time, hasn't it? And uh, I think that you know, the pressure grows on himself more and more as he goes, you know, goes through, through the pain of finishing second, which he's done, which he's done a lot of. Um, look, I... I mean, there's, de- there's definitely a part of me that would like the Cinderella. I like the Cinderella story, mate. I think that mm. there's no doubt he can, you know, he's fit enough to, to back it up week to week. Um, he's done enough winning that he's he's not going to be absolutely exhausted like some players would do after a win. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, look, I'd like to see it. I think the fact that there's probably no wins on the first two days is up Roy's alley, but... Um, Mate, after that two iron he hit into that last last week, I, I don't know. Oh. Like maybe you need to bring on the wind. <laughs> I was thinking that is the hardest shot to hit off a tee. Hitting it off the deck into a wind, I cannot believe it. What I saw a two iron off the deck It's so good to see. When you think of this course and you think of the players, you've played it ninety sixty three. Who's it more suited to? Is it suited to the long hitters? Are you, you got to be uh, your, your club selections are got to be at the forefront of your mind. Are you hitting irons off the tee? Like, what's it suited for? Um, it's a bit of a mix. I mean, as I said, being a little bit softer. Like, I mean, I don't think Tiger had a driver and when he won, you know, when it was rock hard. But I mean, obviously, you're talking, you know, thirty yard rolls and you know stuff like that. But I think probably at the end of the day, um, you know, it's a it's a little bit more of a strategic course than others. Um, it's a bit like you know prune, and you, you just got to avoid the bunkers and uh, and play quite smart. Um, yeah. So I, that's why I like a Fleetwood because I think that he's so. I mean, he's, he's, I think I said before he's grown up you know 30 miles away from the course. He knows the course inside out, um, all the different conditions that that sort of present itself. So it's probably a little bit more tactician rather than a guy that's just going to get up there and blast it. So doing the maths, you're, you're probably knocking on 80. Are you taking a bit of Chemist Warehouse wellness packs to, to look after your looks there, Marcus? Especially if you played it in 1963. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, the Botox is working well, boys. <laughs> oh, beautiful, beautiful. Mate, you, you want to know what? I was actually gullible for there for a while, and then I was thinking, no, he's not. Old. Come on, man. you fell for it. Anyway, just a couple of minutes. Quickly before we let you go, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm these guys are ice, mate. These guys are ice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're halfway down the pitch, mate, but we won't go there. All right, um, mate, look, this is, this is talk the results. Who do you see competing? We'd love to see our very own, but outside of the Kiwi contingent, who you seen there, been there at the end? Yeah, I... I think uh, I think I think I'd love to see a Rory. I'd love to see um, I'd love to see a, uh, a another guy that I like. I mean, at the end of the day, when you look at what it's done, I mean, he's been pretty quiet. It's Don Ram. Um, he's a I think he's always a factor, um, especially at the Open. Um, just he's got all the shots, you know. Uh, 
the low ball, um, he can score really low. Um, I quite like him this week. As I said, Tommy's a, a, I'm a bit, of a, bit of a fan of that. Um, and I'm, I'm a ducky and go past Roy to get up there because he's been playing so nicely. So you haven't rattled off a guy called Cameron Young. One of our listeners has put a punt on Cameron Young. So he's no chance, you're saying? No, it makes golf stuff, right? Jeez, I tell you what, it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's uh, without being too crass, it's harder to pick with a broken nose. But, you know, like it sits in that space. It's yeah. just, you just, there's probably 40 guys that can, you know, that can compete and win, um, at least. So, yeah, no, it's, it's always a tough pick, golf betting, but that's why they pay the odds, but... Yeah, no, nah, absolutely love it. We're, we're flying the flag for our Kiwis. Hopefully they can be there come the end and push for a title. How good would that be, see another major winner out of New Zealand, mate? Marcus, we appreciate you joining the show. Thank you very much. We'll get you get back to the, the Botox. Cheers, bud. <laughs> See you, Marcus. Oh, so good. All right, he's, lads. He's good yeah. value, mate. He was good. Oh, I was actually gullible for a while, and I was like, 63? No, dang. It's like, he'd be 70 odd. Oh, I can't even do the mess. He'd be 80, he'd be 90, something like that. Anyway, if he's playing the amateur, he'd be 20. Yeah, look, can't do the mess, but you know what I mean. He'd be old. So I thought maybe a wellness pack from Chemist Warehouse, he's on that stuff. But anyway, boys, we better get Child Cancer Foundation paid. We've got Harness Racing Pacing for Purpose coming up. Now in the 1999. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. It's Harness Racing New Zealand, Pacing for Purpose, Season 2. All right, boys, we're slowly climbing that ladder, raising some yeah, money for Child on. Cancer Foundation. Let's keep it up. Come on, our Pacing for Purpose. Hopefully raise some more money for Child Cancer Foundation. All right, we're going to Cambridge Thursday, and we're going to go to race number two, number three. Watch your back, Kempe. Yeah. Watch your back. That's what Has won trials in preparation for debut and looks a good chance in this. So that's where our money's going, Kempe. Watch your back. That's what they used to say when I used to follow those spricks. Watch your back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kempe, let's be honest. You wouldn't have had a ruck in your day, would you? Uh, I didn't. I, I, I had a ruck. I did. I didn't, I didn't get stuck in it. But I had one. I've had a few rucks. Don't worry about that. There was a reason why I got moved into the back. So I was playing. I started hooker, went to lock, went to number eight, and I never hit a ruck. I was always standing on the edges, and my coaches tried to make me hit a ruck, and I said, ah, nah, stuff that. So I didn't get it. So that's why I moved to the backs because we don't hit rucks. We just look for the glory. But uh, Kempi's kicker as well. Kempi's kicker, keep those nominations coming through. A $50 bonus bet. We'll put it on a multi and hopefully get you paid. Some of you have come through with some nominations, particularly with the Warriors. There's a league nomination. There's plenty golf nominations. Keep them coming. But after eight, we're going to be talking some NBL. NBL with Casey Frank as we head into the playoffs. So stay tuned for that. A big hour ahead. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi. He's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. into Chemist Warehouse and find Calvin Klein Euphoria for Men 50 mil for only 39.99. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ.
folks are getting ready to sing. And again, the Nationals down to their last strike. K deals. See you later, ball game. Cubs win. 17-3. What a night at the ballpark. Holy cow. Bird wins the line out. South Kennedy hold initially, but now they go on Moore's looking for a hat trick. And there it is, the all black hookup. Suffolk, oh Moore. And the first half hat trick. Number two, Suffolk, oh Moore. Yes, welcome back, Izzy Kempi for breakfast. SCNZ just after eight o'clock. We've got plenty of messages through. Everyone's hungry to be a part of Kempi's kicker, and that's right. We're going to get you paid. So make sure you send the right option through and we'll go through, we'll collate the messages and we'll pick one of you to be a part of that Kempi's kicker. And just one message from Mark, Grand Final South Sydney's Rabbitohs. Morning boys, just talking about rucking. I'm in my early 60s and I've still got scars on my back from the one time I got caught on the bottom of a ruck during my rugby Sorry, playing mate. days. I can still feel the pain. That might have been Tony Kemp. It might have been you, Kempi. Oh, I'll tell you what, if he was wearing a Celts jersey, definitely. Oh, man. <laughs> Speaking of grubs, Mendes for hooker. That is Federico Mendes, 1991, Argentina and England. And he absolutely punched the lights out with this police inspector. I was doing some reading. We've had a message come through uh, talking grubs. Well, they've named the Grub 15 over in the north. And Dane Coles is taking out the hooker position Ricardo doesn't agree with it. Ricardo doesn't agree with it, but I think he should be captain and coach. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, I was, I was going through the, uh, you know, I, I put Dills Hartley uh, up there, the <laughs> Rotary was finest. You know, in 2007, he got a 26-week ban for eye-gouging two different players in one game. <laughs> that, is, that is terrible. <laughs> He's got a full sabbatical, fully paid. He would have got a heap of fines. 60 weeks off. Yeah. 60 weeks. Double eye gouge. He, he'll be probably reserve hooker. I'd say. <laughs> I don't know if Colsey would stoop that low, maybe an eye gouge. Oh, I don't know. He's got a big mouth on him. We've all got mouths, but whether we put them into action. Uh, uh, let us know anyway. Double eight, double three. Any more grubs that you love to be a part of that team, let us know. And... Uh, talking about the conversation earlier on with um, Madge McGuire Kempe, a few messages in regards to that. Good for conversation, boys. Why do you think with all this talent that we can't beat Oz regularly from Kevin Kempe? Yeah, well, that's right. Like a lot, you know, a lot of our players, because of their state of origin um, carrot, ended up going through the state of origin system. There's a rule over there that if you play an intermediate, then you're eligible uh, to play Origin, so you've got to be under 13. That's uh, why Mulatalo had to um, get pulled out of the Queensland side last year because he hadn't been there before the age of 13. So, uh, look, the Aussies, they'll, they'll change rules, mate. That's what they do. They'll just keep changing mm. rules to fit 
uh, the Origin shoe, and if they, they'll just keep if they keep running out of players, they'll find them. And um, I would love nothing better than to have the international game back on. You know, the same sort of par as going down and watching the All Blacks play South Africa. Uh, Kiwis playing the Kangaroos on a regular basis. It's a, it's just disappointing, mate. That we don't even know what's coming up. Yeah, three games, Kippy. I know you want three. For me, that's 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 not enough. I know the window doesn't. So NRL goes for a very very long time, and it's always the problems with rugby trying to suit for the north and the south and the windows that are at our disposal. But you know, three tests is at the minimum. That's a start, isn't it? Uh, it is. It is the minimum. I think it, uh, you know, like we used to, when I was playing, we used to actually have tours at the end of the year, you know, like we had two and a half, three month tours up in up in England. Um, you'd go through Australia for, for six weeks and, and play all the country clubs as well over there. Um, and then that was in amongst the mid, mid-year test uh, series, the three test series. So, you know, the times have changed a lot. You know, you, you talk about players, you know, that rule's going to change because you had Ivan come out and say that. It, but it's about time we didn't play Origin players on the weekend. You know, if they play Wednesday. Well, back in those days, you'd play um, Friday or Saturday and you'd go back and you'd play Sunday. You know, club football. So it, it, there's a balance there somewhere, but there's also a shift in what's going on. Um, yeah. And I know there's a the texter here, so stop banging on about country of origin. I, I'm not going to stop banging on about it because it already is. A country of origin. That ain't state of origin. You know, when when Jerome Luai plays for New South Wales and then goes and comes second for Samoa, that, that's not what set up, uh, state of origin set up. And that's why Mel Meninga comes in and says he wants players who play state of origin to play for him and the Kangaroos. And unfortunately what he's got is he's got a country of origin. He hasn't got a state of origin. Um, so it's a, big, it's a big piece of work, I think, is he for Volandis and Abdo. And the question, the, the other part about it, I don't know if anyone knows this, but there is a big push towards that eight-week origin window being shortened to three weeks. Now, that throws up an opportunity. So if they go Ooh, yeah. week, 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 well, week bang, one, bang, week two, bang. week three, mm, well, mm. why not play a little Pacific Cup in amongst that as well? Yeah, that would be, be better, wouldn't it? Instead of dragging it out for eight weeks, clubs... You know, you just get three weeks because you're going to get the same amount of weeks off no matter what, and it just creates a a, te- a a little series that is exciting. Would it be played? It'll be played on the weekends, or would it still stick to a Wednesday? Oh, you'd play it on you'd play it on the weekend. You know what I mean? You play like the old Test series. You get and the other part about that when they're talking player welfare is that players and clubs I thought would be in you know because you're still only losing 17 players to a Kiwi team a Samoa team and a Tongan team you've still got all the other players resting up and getting some some much um, needed recovery into them so it actually punches through the following the th- um, the third week into a really good competition again so uh, it's there are so many positives the problem you got and you touched on it right at the beginning when you said come on Kempe, they're not going to change origin Mate, it is the one of their biggest selling products. You know, when you go into the supermarket and you look at the cereal, that's the most delicious, expensive product um, that the NRL have up there in their cereal bucket. You know, so we're, we're just little old, you know, um, Pam's porridge down the bottom. We're trying to make it to the big cereals. I love a big Pam's porridge there, Kempi. Another concern from Jamie is if the Kiwis aren't playing, then the Kiwis will keep choosing Queensland and New South Wales. That is from Jamie. So if we're not having enough tests, we're going to get more and more Kiwi players that are eligible to play. Yes. 
and that's the and that in itself is the issue. So now you've got okay. On one hand, you've got players of Australian descent and a declining youth base, and then you've got Pacifica and Maori coming through and filling their spots. Now, as you've seen with Tonga and Samoa, they basically want to play for their countries. Therefore, it affects the origin, and that is the issue. Beautiful. All right, let's have a chat to Casey Frank. We're going to be talking NBL as the playoffs are among us, and some big awards have already been announced in the glaring obvious. Rob Lowe, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. Someone that knows all about defence is Casey Frank. Good morning, Casey. Morning, guys. I know a little bit about defence, certainly not as much as Rob Lowe this year, who was fantastic. Mate, there's obviously a uh, lot going on, but we're heading into the playoffs. The top two teams get a rest. You've got the Tuataras. Tuatara and the Nuggets having a bye round heading into the playoffs. The Canterbury Rams playing Hawks Bay Hawks. Wellington Saints taking on the Frankton Bulls. How does that all play out, mate? Well, it's going to be interesting. You know, looking towards last year's Final Six, uh, the top two seeds didn't make it through to the final. So as much of an advantage as that having those top two seeds and that extra rest is, doesn't guarantee anything. So all teams are going to be looking at each other, and when you look through the seams one through six, each and every one does have an opportunity and has a pathway to get through all the way to that championship game and cut down those nets. I think uh, coming into the finals, uh, the Otago Nuggets had won four out of the last five before dropping a game that didn't really mean anything. Mm. They looked like they were in really good form. The Tuatara had won ten in a row before dropping two straight, but still had that first seed, so not a lot to play for. But, you know, I look at the Hawks Bay Hawks and how they had to fight to get their way in and the Wellington mm. Saints at the bottom. Those bottom two seeds, they're playing great basketball right now, and they've been under the pump a little bit more. You know, they've had to play on that razor's edge for a few more weeks trying to get into the finals. So I'll be interested to see if that uh, mentality that they've had to play with has those extra dividends now that we're at the business end of the season. Hey, Case, does that have anything to do with this? I'm just reading an article from your predictions. That I refuse to be held to account for as I was 100% wrong last year. Like, Have you actually made your mind up on who do you think can win this? Because you've gone nuggets, but you obviously don't believe that it's the nuggets. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, well, when it comes down to it, a prediction is basically a throw at the dartboard. I'm not inside these camps. Yeah. I don't understand what these guys are going yeah. through <laughs> But, uh, so so we, from the outside looking in, it does look to me that if the, the Otago Nuggets, who are well-drilled, have some experience from last year's finals run, if they come back into it and they reach their level of play, they're able to do it. But at the same time, every single team in this final six has a deficiency. For me, uh, the Nuggets, they, they've, got a, a, they've got an aptitude to sort of fling it from deep, get a lot of three-point shots up. When it's going, they look amazing. When it's not, they look very average and can get beat by anybody. So... If you know, if you ask me to put my life on the line, I'm not going to do that. But I'm happy to make a little prediction <laughs> and then have everybody come We love a punt on this show, mate. Keep punting and keep having a stab in the dark. Who cares? You're gonna you're gonna miss or you're gonna hit it, and you're gonna be either way. You'd be happy, mate. Most improved player, Charlie Dalton. Obviously, great genetics. The son of Tanya Dalton. He's been impressive this year, hasn't he? Really impressive. Uh, I think uh, the jump that he's made from last year, you know, he averaged about two points and a rebound a game and really didn't have a lot of playing time, played eight games. But this year he's been an integral part of a quality championship-level team. And where he's gone from the beginning of the season to the end has been really impressive. He refused to look at the rim early. Now he's cutting, he's creating opportunities offensively, and his hustle is infectious. Uh, what's most impressive 
and anyone who talks to this kid will, will back this up, is just that he's years above his age in terms of maturity. He's always been the great team man. You know, he went down to under-19 nationals, uh, and he picked up MVP at that one. And from some of the coaches I know on that staff, they were just said, man, this guy, he's just a glue guy already at this age. He really understands team dynamics. And, you know, I, I, that's one of the areas I think a lot of young players in New Zealand don't understand early on. He's got that voice at this age. And I'm really excited to see where his career goes moving forward because he's got the skill set, he's got the body, and he certainly has the correct mentality as well. Okay, Case, just on that, like what did, when you're talking about the juniors and that, and of course the, the players that want to come and play in this competition now, what's it done for New Zealand basketball? Well, when, I think uh, for the young guys coming up, being able to play in the South NBL, it shows college coaches that these kids are a step above where some of the kids they're recruiting are. They're playing around men. They understand how to dedicate themselves to the, to, to the game of basketball as a profession, not just as a hobby. And when these young guys also getting to play against the top-level import-quality talent that's coming over, uh, there's not a lot of 18-year-olds that are playing against pros on a daily basis in training, much less in games where you actually have to work out scouting imports how to do it. Uh, and at the same time, the quality continues to lift because of the quality of these imports, the Kiwis that we have returning back and playing at a high level. You know, a lot of guys playing in the Australian NBL and different parts around the world and Europe coming back. And it's all led to a really nice melting pot uh, that, that's continuing to lift the South NBL to levels that I think uh, have rarely been seen in the past. We had Jordan Natai on earlier in the week after that bombshell 47 points, 8 from 13 from beyond the arc. So he's full of confidence and obviously punched their way to the playoffs. Can the Hawks Bay Hawks upset the Canterbury Rams with Webster and Co? I think they can. Uh, you know, I, I think in these last few weeks without Ethan Rusbatch, uh, they've found a, a way to work through different players. I, I really enjoyed what Ira Lee has done all season long. He's become a double double machine, and he's shown some of the best interior defense. Uh, a couple weeks ago, he held Rob Lowe to one of his least uh, effective performances this year. Uh, Hiram Harris, one of my favorite players in the league, but you mentioned Jordan Atai, 47 points. That just shows the kind of scoring talent he has. I would love to see the Hawks work a little bit more often through him in the post, on the wing, and try and use him as their scoring focal point and work things around. Because of all the teams in the final six, I think the Hawks have the least amount of depth. They can't afford foul trouble. But if they come together, and this was my team for the preseason pick, shows you what my preseason picks are. They barely switched in the back door. I thought they were going to win the finals. But they have the talent to do it. If it all comes together for them this week, a lot of teams are going to be fearful of their top level. they got Coach of the Year, Player of the Year, and uh, the tour Tata, mate, they're scratchy going into the back end of the year. Should, should they be concerned? Uh, I mean, not too concerned in the fact that they had those, that 10-win streak in the middle of the season, and they didn't exactly have it completely wrapped up, but the teams that were chasing them were faltering at the same time. And even in that last game, you know, they didn't have anything to play for. The Saints were just playing for seeding. It wasn't a do-or-die game. That said, you know, the, the tour Tata, they're, they're not infallible. They're a very good team with good veteran leadership, but they don't have the greatest amount of depth. At times, they can get in foul trouble. And if any of their key guys, especially Rob Lowe, are forced to miss time, if he gets too quick early fouls, it's going to be pretty difficult for them. So while I do think they've had a great season, to me, they're not head and shoulders above the rest of the league. They have to play their best basketball. But the way Jared Weeks has had his entire season, Cam Glidden, uh, the, the, as, a, as a trio, as a quartet with uh, Ruben Perrini, uh, uh, I think they've been playing fantastic defense all season long. 
that's been their baseline. Their offense is really good, but at times it can get a little bit slogged down. So I'm confident in their ability to get it done, but at the same time, uh, I wouldn't bet the, bet the house on it. Good stuff, Casey. Thanks very much for coming on, mate. I know you've been dealing with an emergency in your household. It sounds like your daughter's <laughs> been taking free throw uh, coaching from you, has she, and broke a window? <laughs> yeah, she, uh, about 7.55, I get a call from uh, mom in the other room, and she threw something through the window, shattered it. And so I've been dealing with a few tears and trying to be stern and let her know how expensive things are and how much I have to work for it. I don't know. She might miss the Matariki disco tomorrow. It's going to be big tears. <laughs> oh, <laughs> mate. It was an accident. It was an accident, Case. Don't be mean. She'll be heartbroken. Young daughters. I know what daughters are like, mate. They can do anything and get away with it. That's what happens in my household, mate. So pretty sure it'll be the same in yours. Hey, Case, appreciate your call this morning. You get back to being dad and uh, send them off to school and... That'll be right, mate. Thanks so much. <laughs> Appreciate it, boys. I'll let her know that she's got support for the disco. <laughs> <laughs> There's Casey Frank, four-time NBL champ, talking the playoffs going for Rick Dog. Yeah, and I uh, just wanted an update um, because there is a an armed police situation playing out in the CBD in Auckland. Uh, so I just wanted to give people a bit of an update. Police are saying, please, if you work in the CBD, if you live in the CBD, uh, Stay home, stay indoors, avoid the area. Looks like they've got most of it ramped off. They've moved all TV, like watching TV, uh, the breakfast teams and everything. They've been moved right away. They're in some the back 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 lot of some workplace by the looks of things at the moment. Uh, saw a policeman. Looked like he'd been roughed mm. up. Maybe uh, didn't look like he'd been he'd been shot because I was saying it's an active gunman. But he uh, he, he, yeah. he certainly had looked like he had an injury above his eye and his shirt was all dirty and ripped. So it might have been an altercation there. Not too sure. He's just been taken away in an ambulance. But there are armed police everywhere. We'll keep you up to date with it. Yeah, it was crazy. I just had a um, message. One of my friends works in the CBD. So apparently a shooting at the PwC building is an active shooter uh, along Commercial Bay. So um, well. please stay safe. And it's uh, it's crazy to think that it's going on in New Zealand. So look after yourselves and we'll give you more updates. I'm sure Aroha will be all over that story. Stay tuned. Uh, there is plenty coming up on the show. We've got a bit of a story for you coming up. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Keeping you healthy this winter. Hurry into Chemist Warehouse and find Calvin Klein Euphoria for Men 50ml for only $39.99. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Yes, welcome back. It's 27 past 8. There's a bit of a situation that's unfolding in the Auckland area along the Commercial Bay part of Auckland. And we've got Suzanne McFadden who is at the cloud on Auckland's Viaduct and she's joined us now. Suzanne, good morning. Oh, kia ora, Izzy. How are you? Oh, I'm good, I'm good, mate. What What are you hearing? What are you seeing? It's a bit of a situation unfolding um, in Auckland. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm down here at the Cloud in the um, fan, FIFA Fan Festival area. We've been down here um, broadcasting on breakfast this morning. And, um, yeah, about 20 minutes ago, I guess, we were told, we were asked to move down to the back of the building and went into the kitchen and... Um, we were then told that there was a gunman outside in a police situation. We could hear police helicopters. And, uh, yeah, we were just, um, it was very, I mean, I'll never forget this day. It's an amazing way to start the uh, first day of the FIFA World Cup. Um, so, yeah, we were in the room with the um, FIFA mascot. 
and uh, two football fern legends, um, some kids from the um, a local football club. And uh, yeah, we were just um, asked to stay there and uh, keep away from windows. And so, yeah, we've been informed that um, the gunman has now been apprehended. Oh, I'm starting to sound like a police reporter, aren't I? Um, and so we're, we're all safe now. But, um, yeah, really interesting start to the day. Yeah, look, it's it's crazy to think that it's happening. But uh, this took place outside the Norwegian hotel, and that yeah. game takes place tonight. Are we expecting any delays? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I don't think so. But um, it's it's a situation that as a uh, international football team about to start a, the pinnacle event in your um, on your calendar, um, it's not the way that you'd want to start the day. <laughs> so um, hopefully, you know, the Norwegian team were um, safely inside, or at least maybe at their training ground when this happened. I'm not quite sure where they were. Susan, did you were there, were there any actual shots fired, or was he the gunman apprehended before that was able to happen? Um, from what I understand, yeah, there were uh, at least five shots fired, and I think uh, there are people injured. I think they're construction workers. I think it was on a uh, nearby construction site, but um, yeah, other than that, we haven't really been told much at all. But. Um, probably quite good when you're in a room with some um, little girls <laughs> who mm. don't need to know, you know, what was going on. But yeah, yeah I mean, it was all crazy. very uh, calm here, you know, but um, it was just not knowing what was going on, I guess, is the hardest part. Oh, it's crazy to think it's unfolding. Um, good news is he's been yeah. apprehended. I hope then, I pray that there hasn't been any loss of life, but uh, I'm sure more details yeah, exactly. will emerge throughout. Throughout the day, it's a big day for New, for New Zealand football and particularly in the yeah. footballing world. And we don't we don't want this. We never ask for these this kind of start to a big old tournament on our doorstep. But um, hopefully things can not when the world is looking. Like, like eh? we're no, no, yeah, no, yeah. When you've no. got the eyes of the world on you, this is not the way that you want a tournament to start. So um, thankfully, I think it's all under control now. But it does, you know put a kind of sombre note on, on what's meant to be a pretty amazing day in New Zealand sporting history. Yeah, thank you so much, Suzanne. We appreciate you joining us. Glad to know that you and, and the team are yeah. safe. Um, look after yourself and, and hopefully you can get to back to some normality soon. Appreciate your call. Yeah. Thanks, guys. There she is, Suzanne McFadden. That is actually Kids' mother. She's amongst all the action. More details will emerge throughout the day. I'm sure Aroha will have a wee update right now. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. But uh, there's a lot of messages coming through in regards to a lot of sport that's happening. We've got the Open. We've got the Football Ferns tonight. We've got the Warriors Friday night. And then I'm looking in on Saturday, New Plymouth. Race 6, Mr. Didgeridoo. A horse that you might not know, but I think Kimpy's got a stake in it. Has any money been going on, Mr. Didgeridoo? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I think you already know the answer to that question. Uh, I don't. Uh, <laughs> that has been the best fact on the card Ooh, at New Plymouth this Saturday. Uh, so, yes, it has come in, is he? 360 into 280, Mr. Didgeridoo. Uh, race 6, the Seton Park. Rate 65 benchmark over 1,400 metres. Trained by one Alan Sharrick.
El Sharok, and to be written by Jonathan Parks. Yes, it has been very well backed. So those who got the 360, well done. Um, I guess there'll be one or two of them in the studio as we speak. Um, now into $2.80. So as they say, the best sign of a horse's chances is the money going on, and the money is on, Mr. Didgeridoo, who won first up. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> You, you asked me a question you already knew the answer to. I have no doubt about that, is he? I just had to because Cam from Cambridge, he must be on because he sent through the message. But tonight, the Football Ferns take on Norway, mate. Uh, any changes in where the money's gone? Uh, look, there are the supporters uh, of the Football Ferns. Um, they're significant outsiders uh, against the Norwegians. Nine dollars on the football ferns in the head-to-head market. The Norwegians a dollar twenty-two. The draws at five dollars and fifty cents. Um, the boys have put up a couple of um, boosted markets for punters. Um, New Zealand to score in the first half has been boosted from three twenty-five out to three seventy-five. Um, and Ada Hegerberg. Um, to score first, and Norway to win by two or more goals has been boosted from four fifty out to $5. Of course, we've got early payout on all the um, FIFA Women's World Cup matches. So uh, if you place a pre-match head-to-head bet uh, and your team leads by two or more goals at any time, uh, the bookies will pay you out straight away. So um, there's plenty of promotions and options um, around the Football World Cup, of course, we've got the hot streak bonus, which you can still qualify for, the correct score bonus back. Um, so just head to uh, the Punters Lounge on the TAB website and you can um, check out all those promotions and the T's and C's that uh, revolve around them. But um, at the moment, most of the action on the Norwegians, no surprises there, they are $1.22 favourites, um, but the football ferns aren't without their favourite schools. Later on tonight, the Matildas open up their campaign over there in Australia, um, and they're the opposite of the football ferns. They're a dollar twenty-two favourite, and the Republic of Ireland, their opponents are nine dollars. Plenty of action on the Matildas at a dollar twenty-two. Punters absolutely love them at the moment. Doesn't just stop there, mate. Not the football. We got the basketball as well. The Canterbury Rams taking on the Hawks Bay Hawks. Three dollars twenty for the Hawks Bay Hawks. Canterbury Rams genuine favourites. Dollar thirty. Yep, that's right. That's um, uh, what one of the uh, play-in games um, for the uh, top six teams. The Rams, as you say, a dollar thirty. They're seven and a half point uh, favourites against the Hawks Bay Hawks. Uh, who are 320 in that head-to-head market. And the other planned game, the Franklin Bulls will be hosting the Wellington Saints. The Bulls, 220 Saints, $1.60. Very, very hard to write the Wellington Saints off at this time of the season. And that looks like a little bit of value for mine, the $1.60 on the Wellington Saints. Um, they've just been bubbling away. Not They got off to a very, very slow start to the season, but they're really starting to warm up now. I don't actually mind the look of the Saints at $1.60 all in the point start at minus three and a half. Awesome, mate. Paulie Moati, we'll let you go, mate. Just quickly, anything from Hastings you want to stop? (laughs) I can tell you, (laughs) one that's been backed in the first race, of course, uh, it's uh, for the two-year-olds, and it's uh, daughter of Turn Me Loose, the uh, chestnut filly all-nighter, trained by Tony Pike, uh, to be ridden by Michael McNabb, $3.00. 
favourite at the moment all-nighter and has been very well back this uh, early doors, uh, what, due to start at around 11.53 this morning. So all-nighter, number six in race one at Hastings. There you go. Stay off all nighter if you are listening to our show. Paulie Whitey is probably not going to win. Thank you, Paulie. You have a good day, mate. Appreciate your call. Watch and bet live on your favourite sports at racingtrb.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18, before we get off to more than an athlete, we're going to pick our Kempi's kicker. So I'm going to start. I'm going to go to Marata. Marata Niakore, anytime trial score versus Canberra, and that is Kim. So you're in with me. Kim, who you got, Kimpy? Yeah, I'm going to go with Dino. I'm going to go McElroy, Schiffler, both top 10 at four bucks. So good luck, Dino. There you go. How good. Hopefully, we can get you paid. You're with us for Kimpy's kicker. Coming up, more than an athlete. Just way high strength Vita gummies for adults from Chemist Warehouse now only $19.99. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Caring for our communities, out of the gym and off the park, working just as hard paying it forward to our next generation. This is More Than an Athlete with Izzy and Kempi. Brought to you by Tremaine Real Estate, bringing people and property together in our communities. Yes, we know the impact they have on the field, but it's off the field we want to celebrate and talk more about. And we've got Andrew Aris, former footballer, who is doing big things around the world. One ball, one world. The project is run by a non-profit organisation, Spirit of Football, and it is founded by Kiwi, Andrew Aris, in 2005. He's joined us right now. Andrew, how you doing, mate? Oh, pretty good. I'm just arriving at uh, Linfield College for day two of a... Fair Play Football Gender Equality Climate Action Workshop. Um, and New Zealand is country 20. There will be 21 in the end. We've been on the road for about a year with the, the one ball. And it's been signed by more than 10,000 people. It's quite wow. the thing now. It's like a, one, a piece of art that has 10,000 artists work, have worked on it. Could you just delve into a bit more of the detail? Like what, what sort of impact are you hoping to achieve, climate, equality, all of that? Like you've been to 20 countries, are you getting buy-in? Um, yeah, so we've, we've been gathering, we, do, we run workshops. So the workshops are aimed at getting people to, to take climate, um, climate action, to pledge, to take better care of the environment. You know, we kicked off in England um, in July last year, and the hottest temperatures ever recorded in in British history, and we've we've experienced just sort of heat waves as we've travelled through um, through Asia. We've seen stadiums knocked away by cyclones in Bar and Fiji, um, and we've just been encouraging people to you know we need to take better care of our planet. We're sort of raping and pillaging the resources of of the world. Um, there's rubbish everywhere on the streets, in the parks. And we try to do like cleanups. Yesterday we did a cleanup here at the school. Then we tipped the, the rubbish onto the football field um, and played football with the kids with rubbish on the field just to say, hey, how is it to play in that kind of environment? You know, um, experiential learning, we call it. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a great cope up, um, Andrew. You know, like just give us your your personal take on on I guess the the climate and what you've seen over the last sort of ten years. Well, I, you know, five or six years ago, we partners of ours came to us and said, we, would you be interested in developing some resources around sustainability and football 
with us and we were, were like well what's you know we run football activities that's what we've been doing for about 20 years using football for good working with refugees with um you know with special olympics people with intellectual disability we're like well what is what what's that all about and then we we, we started to think about it and you know it, it's a it's a it's everywhere, you know. The problem is, uh, is all of ours, and we we're, we're not taking care of the resources of the planet. And we need to just to do something. So it was like, what can we do? Well, you know, we can use the vehicle of football. Um, there's billions of football fans around the world. It's the world's most popular sport. And if everyone could start to take a bit of action, then we can we can achieve um, we can achieve a lot. And just personally too, you know, just just seeing in all the, the places that I've been around the world, just um, you know, seeing the effects of climate change and having talks with people everywhere that it's real, it's happening, and we need to do something about it. And, and we're trying to do our little bit um, as best we can. Andrew, you've uh, you've you've in the twentieth country. You've got twenty one, of course. When you take it to Australia ahead of the final, and you've, as you said, over ten thousand people have signed this thing. How did you, excuse the pun, get the ball rolling on this? Because um, you know, not only have you got ten thousand, you've got some big names too. People like you know Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, well, Jürgen has been our Fair Play ambassador since 2014. So I, I set up the non-profit organization Spirit of Football in Germany. Um, that's where we're based, and we've connected with Borussia Dortmund when he was the, the coach there, and now he's the manager of the best football club in the world, Liverpool. Um, <laughs> that's not how you say Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, it's just, I mean, it's a thing that people tend to like to support. The the, the football ferns signed the ball um, two days ago, and they pledged for, to support like gender equality in sport, not only in New Zealand, but around the world. Uh, the U.S. women's national team signed the ball um, in February. Um, and other big names like Lewandowski and other footballers have signed over the years. This is the fifth, uh, the sixth journey that we've done, but the first time ever that the ball has gone to the Women's World Cup. Mate, it's exciting um, what you're doing, mate, and I'm hoping and I'm sure you're going to make a huge difference. There's a lot of words being thrown around, particularly uh, in the higher levels, but uh, we need to make action and make action now. What's going on here in New Zealand? Rain everywhere and over in Europe, there's a heat wave going through, so if you're not concerned, then there's something wrong with you, mate. Thank you so much for your time this morning and the difference Thanks that you're making I, on the big stage. Can I say, if, if people want to, theball.tv, um, is our website. If anyone wants to go there, you can also make your own pledge. There's a drop-down menu that you can choose to make an environmental pledge from, or pledge to just you know to support more women and girls in sport. It's a it's a great thing. And get it, get down and watch the football because it's going to be amazing. It's the biggest game in the history of New Zealand football today. Um, let's follow the fo- the football ferns and everyone else who's here. It's going to be a festival of of football. So let's get involved. Totally agree, Andrew. Appreciate your call, mate. Thank you so much, and uh, all the best for the next couple of months and your journey making a difference, mate. Take care and enjoy the tournament. There he is, Andrew. Andrew Harris uh, talking football. We'll shoot away and we'll come back because we've got Smithy waiting on the other side.